listening to the Worcester Observer podcast because you have impeccable taste. Hello and welcome to the Worcester Observer podcast, our weekly chat about all things in the faithful city. Claire's here once again, and I have in my hand, to quote a very famous politician, not a piece of paper, but my personalised bottle of Worcestershire, Liam Perrin's Worcestershire sauce. I'm jealous. How have you had? And I'm looking at this bottle and it says Rob and Perrin's. I'm looking at this. How on earth did you get that bottle of Worcestershire sauce? I was sent it yesterday, very, very surprised to actually send it. I haven't launched a multi-billion pound takeover, don't worry. My my money's locked up in Zurich. Um, (laughs) But it is down to a factor of rather unique campaign. And if you're a fan of Worcestershire sauce you can have your own personalised bottle of this gorgeous, gorgeous sauce, which is the best in the world. Liam Perrins, as all of you know in Worcester, because it is our most famous export, for the first time in its 182-year history, is personalising the bottles. So a bit like Coke did. A bit like Coke did, yeah. indeed. <laughs> um, dubbed Me and Perrins. Do you see what they've done? Got it. Liam like Perrins, it. Me and Perrins. There's some smart cookies on this advertising campaign they are offering personalized bottles they're going to make 1837 mm-hmm. based on the year 1837 when liam perrins was born mm-hmm. if you will and uh, the only catch is that you can order them now but because of the unique way liam perrins is made you've got to wait 18 months before your bottle arrives Oh. Because the recipe takes 18 months. So you just got preferential treatment because you're the editor of the paper and they said, right, we're going to suck up and send Rob his <laughs> bottle now. You may Is say that. that. <laughs> I couldn't possibly comment. <laughs> but how nice. What That's, a lovely thing to do. But um, you, it's for... Um, I'm trying to find the cost of this. It's somewhere... Yes, you can order it from uh, liamperrins.co.uk forward slash me and Perrins, all one word, me and Perrins. Um, for £1.69 plus £4.81 postage and packaging. Wow. And if you're one of the lucky 1,837, of course, this story is online on worcesterobserver.co.uk already, so they may have already gone. Maybe. Um, but if you can wait 18 months, they will send you emails updating where the recipe is, how your personalised bottle is coming along, and then 18 months from order, you will get your own personalised bottle. Did you just say this? Sorry, I was just looking at the bottle. Did you, <laughs> is it because it takes that long to the brew? The recipe, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. that's why it became famous, isn't it? They yes. left it in their cupboard or something and then went back to try it and they were like, oh, what is this amazing sauce we Funny left? enough, I never knew this. Back in the 1830s, Worcester chemists John Wheelie Lee and William Henry Perrins were asked by a local lord to recreate an exciting taste he'd acquired on his travels. The sauce they made wasn't to their liking and was set aside in a barrel. They thought, nah, whatever. It was forgotten about. On rediscovering the discarded barrel 18 months later, they realised they had something very special on their hands. Yeah. So Worcestershire sauce was a complete accident. And you know what? I, I say this every podcast, don't I? I used to live in America, and I lived there for about 10 years, and people would always ask me where I'm from, and I'd say Worcestershire. They'd all, they all know the sauce, but they'd all go to me, oh, that's how you say it. Oh, my goodness, we've never yes, known how Americans, to say it. Yes, because Americans, we know they can't pronounce Worcester. They can't. And once, um, Heart FM and Red James at Heart FM asked me to go around Hollywood and record Ask Americans to say Worcestershire. So I did it. It went on Heart FM here. And it was so funny. They were all going, they put about five extra syllables in it. Nobody can say it. So um, everyone knows of us because of our Worcestershire sauce. But yeah, they don't know how to um, 
pronounce it. But I'm actually quite proud of it. But as I put on my Facebook page uh, last night, I don't know what to do with it. Because on the one hand, I adore Worcestershire sauce and we use it in cooking all the time. But on the other hand, I don't want to open the bottle because it's mine. (laughs) You're going to just have to save that, aren't you? I mean, it's not worth anything. If you want to buy it off me and your name's Rob, then, you know... It might be worth something in years to come. It's one of those sort of quirky things that... One hopes, but I don't think I'd ever get rid of it. But it's a great campaign. Thank you so much to the guys at Liam Perrins for sending it across. It is going to go... If I do open it, it will be enjoyed in a variety of meals, I'm sure. But at the moment, I'm kind of like, well, it's my own special bottle. I don't want to open it. You're, you're going to run out of the your normal bottle one night and then it's going to be sitting there and you're going to crack it open, <laughs> aren't you? Like a fine champagne or something, <laughs> a fine bottle of wine. Well, I don't know. I'm really, I'm really, really confused. But it's me, it's liamperrins.co.uk forward slash me and Perrins. Go on there, find out all of it. I think it's a brilliant, brilliant idea. And it's for more on the story as well, uh, worcesterobserver.co.uk from tomorrow, actually. I think I think it's going up tomorrow because we've got details of the royal visit uh, that happened and which we're going to talk about shortly. But first of all, um, a bit of happy news because it's all doom and gloom and everyone's snarling and hating each other. So I thought I'd do a good front page, a front page of hope, a front page of happiness. And a front page about a Brickfields mum who fought tirelessly to ensure her son got the best possible care following his horrific brain injury has been shortlisted for a national award. Now, Jane, Janie Ferrier from Brickfields, as I said, she's one of just three people in the UK to be listed for Headway's Carer of the Year Award in December. Amazing. A terrific, terrific story. Her son, Nick, was just 22 when he sustained a traumatic brain injury after crashing into a brick wall on his quad bike. Janie has been by his side ever since in hospital in re- when he was at rehabilitation. And despite being told he would only have a limited quality of life, Nick is now home and being cared for by his mum. She's given up her job to become his full-time carer. But what really moved me putting this story together, it's quite simple. It's been heartbreaking to see what's happened to Nick and to have this... I've had to be his voice throughout this ordeal, she said. But read the full story. I make sure the full story is online. Um, There is a quote in there that if you're a mum, if you're a parent at all, it'll resonate with you completely. It certainly did with me. Well, it resonates with me, and I'm not a parent, but um, just reading. You say this is a happy story. Yes, it's happy that she's got her award, but... I mean, oh, what a tragic, tragic... You were saying just for the yeah. podcast, it's not just his poor life, it's her life no, as well that she's... But it shows the yeah. human, the generosity of humankind as she's given everything up. But I bet if you asked her, would she, would she change any of it? No, because he's still her son. Oh, it's, yeah. And she will be... Um, well, how lovely that she is being recognised for her Well, hopefully work. she will win it all and we'll certainly follow up if she does. Can we vote uh, for it at all? Or No, no, it's um, going to be judged. She's been nominated and it'll be judged on the night. So oh, OK. But if there, was, if there would be uh, a nomination, we would have certainly done it. But Nick is unable to speak, walk, move or feed himself and he's completely dependent on his mum. And I think anybody that does this, any carer, especially those that aren't trained, I mean, we've talked on the podcast before about my dad who cared for my mum, no training at all. Same with Janie. She'll have no. Should have had no training. Mm. But it's love that gets you through. And anyone that does that, I salute you completely because I think it's just wonderful. Yeah, they are often the unsung heroes. So it's lovely that these kind of awards and recognition 
they're out there, aren't they? Yeah, so. de- absolutely, definitely, uh, absolutely, definitely. How many adjectives could I <laughs> fit into that? One hundred percent. I mean, it's just it's just absolutely wonderful. It's a lovely picture as well. Do visit the website as well because it's a lovely picture that you see in full, um, and it just shows how devoted parents are to their children, no matter what age and no matter what um, the health of their children. Either. Now, do you know who the Duchess of Gloucester is? Do you know, I'm glad you have asked me this because... Well, I'm not glad you, you've asked me this, but no, I don't. I don't know. And I'm glad you told me previously that you weren't 100% sure either. Oh, I'll completely jump in. <laughs> I never knew either. This well, is not this is not making Claire look stupid. I, felt I never really knew stupid. either. Um, but she visited Leukaemia Care on Tuesday. Uh, we're recording this on a very... Sort of autumnal Wednesday morning, the sun has gone in. So she's a member of the royal family? She's a member of the royal family. She's married to the Duke of Gloucester, who Google told me is the Queen's cousin. Okay. Thanks to Google, other search engines. Oh, no, Google's a brilliant search engine. I'm not going to bother. What what constitutes someone being a proper member of the royal family? I mean, how... how cousins does it go back or uh, does it mean they're on the payroll what does it mean i don't think they're on the payroll i think i seem to remember she was criticized the um the queen for having all these members and then she trimmed down the amount that were on the payroll oh right okay uh, i think in a annus horribilis of 19 was it 92 the annus horribilis not sure. when windsor castle burnt mm. down not burnt down but there was a very traumatic fire um but they were their full-time roles and uh, her Royal Highness is actually from uh, Denmark. She was born in a denser as well, so the wide-ranging reach of our royal family. Uh, but great for leukaemia care. Uh, they welcomed um, the Duchess of Gloucester to mark 50 years of supporting those affected by leukaemia and other assorted blood cancers, and it's based in Worcester. It's fantastic. This is a national charity, but it's based in Worcester. Fantastic. And wonderful they got recognition. There's some lovely pictures as well, including... Um, Patron um, being uh, taking a picture of a leukemia survivor with her as well. She's posed for pictures. She's wearing a very regal red long coat in the photos in the paper this week, and um, she looks regal, doesn't she? she Definitely. Looks very, very and this is online woman. now as we record record this on Wednesday. Please do go online because Marcus, our photographer, took an excellent selection of pictures. We've only managed to get five in the paper, but there's 12 or 13 online. So do take a look at the gallery because there's some lovely pictures on there of what looks like a very nice day. Rob, have we ever had um, Kate and and William, William and Kate coming to the store? Have we not? We want them, don't we? We want them. And even Harry and Meghan, that'd be nice. Harry, Meghan, if the Queen would like to come back. I mean, it was just a magical day when the Queen came. When was the Queen here? Arnie, testing me now. But recently? Very recently, yes. what was it for? Oh, testing me now. I she wasn't was the editor. Something. <laughs> she opened. Uh, she actually opened the hive. So it. Oh, may did have, she? It may have been 2012, but that could be wrong. Okay. Um, but I certainly covered the visit along with a former reporter of ours, Jeff. Hmm. And it was just a. Ma- she actually opened the hive. So whenever the hive opened, and I've left my phone downstairs because normally I cheat on the podcast and get the <laughs> information. I up. can Google it now. It was about then. I, I think, think it was 2012, you... 2013. But she formally opened the hive. Oh. And I just remember because Jeff, with royal, pro- I should explain royal protocol dictates that you have to sign up and be vetted and uh, that you're not a security risk. And um, but it was split into two halves. There was one you could follow. Um, Her Majesty the Queen and the Duke of Edinburgh throughout the day 
Um, at arm's length, obviously. You couldn't just start walking down the street talking and going, how's it going, Your Majesty? Mm. Uh, um, but there was you could also cover the Guildhall lunch that the Worcester City Council ran in her honour. Right. So I based myself outside the Guildhall. And about five minutes before she came down in the royal car, it tipped it down. Oh, no. And I thought, this is not... This is, it was one of those day, it was one of those April days where it was tipping it down one minute and then it was boiling hot the next minute. Mm. <coughs> Excuse me, I've suddenly started coughing again. I've battled the man flu and I was better and now I'm doing the podcast, it's come back. And I was standing there, I got relatively drenched in my suit because I did posh it up for the Queen because it's not every day the Queen comes to visit. So I got a bit drenched and I thought, this is not going to be great if she's got to get out of the car. And... This woman has such an influence that two minutes before the car arrived, the rain stopped, the sun came out. She had her powers that be turn the tap off somehow. It was staggering. I've done a lot of things in my career. And I don't get overawed very easily um, because they're just people at the end of the day. But I must admit, I was standing about five yards from the Queen. And I just had one, she looked smaller. Hmm. close up, which obviously she probably is small, but she has this sort of statue, you know, this... Presence. Presence, that's the word I was after. Um, but I was suddenly very aware, I was very close to the Queen. I, well, I and it was just like, wow. <coughs> You're right, it was 2012, I've just Googled oh. it. Well done, 2nd of July 2012. And I did, I met her probably about then as well. I went down to London to a newspaper thing, actually, with my parents and everything, and I was running really late, got caught in traffic. And anyway, I was in a hurry. And I turned up at this really, it was like a big five-star gorgeous hotel in London. There were a couple of hundred people from the whole media and everything there. And I walked in and my shoe, I was wearing like these strappy sh- sandal slipper on kind of shoes. It just came out. Oh, no. Totally broke. And so I, I and you couldn't even put your foot in because it was the thing that held it onto your foot. If you know, it was just ah, yes. one strap along the front. And so my dad ended up going to the reception and getting some brown, sticky, oh. you know, packaging tape and taped it onto my foot so I could walk. <laughs> so I met the Queen with one of my shoes taped onto my feet. That um, is probably a unique story. Nobody else has never met the Queen with brown tape on yeah, their feet. it was so embarrassing. And I was just thinking, please don't look down. Please don't look at my feet. <laughs> I'm sure everyone around me was. And, um, yeah, can't take me anywhere. No, no, can't take you anywhere. <laughs> but, no, it was a marvellous, marvellous day. And, I, oh, I'm going to... Oh, they're not going to be listening to this. I'll share, I'll share something. Because you're forever told, do not speak to the royal family. Mm. Do not speak to the royal family. And... F- the Duke of Edinburgh had been in hospital. And, of course, being a journalist, I thought, I'm, oh, no. I've got to ask a question. I've got to ask a question. <laughs> so he came out and they did circulate it and the Queen went one side of the crowd and the Philip came to the our side. So I just said, how are you, sir? <laughs> and I was expecting daggers. And he just turned to me and just went, yes, yes, not too bad, thank you. Oh, so he's But this you. press person fixed me with Daggers. If I could have been took to the Tower of London there and then, I would have been. He was probably really grateful. He's probably there thinking, no one ever talks to me. <laughs> and there's yeah. one nice journalist who did. Yes. Aww, but, um, that's the only claim to fame I have. But yes, if the royal family... If the, I mean, it is the faithful city, after all. Mm. It was very loyal to the, the Crown. Absolutely. So if there's anything coming up, if you're listening at Buckingham Palace, 
we'd love a royal visit. I don't. We can open something. We can open an envelope or something. <laughs> but we'd like just we'd, we'd like a bit of attention. We do. There'll yeah. be a break from that other event going on on December the twelfth because I'm not going to mention the E word today. So not? that other event on December the twelfth that's going on. You know what I mean. But I don't know what the E word is. The B word, you mean? Oh, the E word. Sorry, I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm, I'm away with the fairies here. <laughs> Got that you. thing yep, that's yep. happening on December Let's, the 12th that everybody's I'm, I'm talking about. I'm just trying about. to coerce you into talking about it. No, we're not talking about it. Though. We're going to have a complete ban this week because all the news is being dominated by um, the E word. And I'm going to be careful because I'm actually I'm going to trip over very soon. <laughs> Um, one thing I do want to draw your attention to, the planned closure of Worcester Bridge to remove all the flood debris um, as a result of the high river levels on the River Severn has been postponed. Um, it was due to be closed heading into the city on Monday from 9.30 to remove what looks like an absolute pile of wood, leaves, and also a lot of plastic. I'm going to have to draw attention uh, to that as well. The picture you can't see the picture in the paper, but I've been sent others, and thanks to Dave Throop from the Environment Agency, I've been sent other pictures. The amount of plastic bottles that are in that is disgusting. Oh, really? If you are throwing plastic into our water systems, wherever it is on the Severn, stop. Yeah. There's no excuse now. Recycling goes up. There is recycling banks everywhere. Plastic bottles can be recycled. Plastic caps can be recycled. Stick them in a recycling bin, please. I was doing a story for one of our Solihull Hill paper and um, the environment agency there was saying that they keep going and clearing all the rubbish out of the waterways over there and they keep finding, like, mice stuck in bottles mm. and animals stuck in the bottles. Because there's no way... I know, and they crawl in, and then they can't get out. It's, it's just cruel it's and horrible for the environment, terrible for all the wildlife. I, I, I may put another picture on that Dave and the Environment Agency sent us of the amount of plastic, because the amount of debris that's come down the Severn anyway, it, natural twigs, everything from the side that's been caught up, that's enough to deal with anyway. Mm. The amount of plastic bottles there is disgusting. And I think there was a swan in our Stratford paper this week as well that swallowed part of, you know, the plastic at the top yeah. of the bottle that yeah, goes around yeah. and it got it stuck around its tongue or yeah. something and it was in agony and screaming and they've rescued it. But, yeah, we've just got to stop, haven't we? It has to, there has to be an end to it. But this has been cancelled to a later date, but unfortunately the weather forecast now for tomorrow for the Midlands is quite bleak and another rain, another area of rain that will stop over the Midlands again so we can't rule the risk be on your guard because perhaps the Severn could rise again oh my goodness uh, and we could have more flooding because there is a big band of rain that looks like it's going to park itself over the Midlands and Wales again and obviously if it rains in Wales at the source of the Severn it all has to come down the Severn uh, through Worcester anyway and why does it come inland why doesn't it go out to the ocean because the Severn starts in mid Wales, runs round Ironbridge, Worcester, and then goes back to the Bristol Channel that way, and then goes out to sea that way. Thank goodness we've got you doing this podcast, Rob, and not me, because I just know none of these sort of you things. You have to learn, and also <laughs> my 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 dad has got a caravan in. Apologies to anyone, uh, any Welsh speakers, Lanid Loes. Um, in Mid Wales, which is the source of the Severn, and I've been to the source of the Severn. Oh, you learn um, something every day. Because you'd think, wouldn't you, that it would just come inland and then go outwards? 
But it, it, it has to go down the river from the source and it, it can only release into the channel once it's... But it runs Gone from round. the middle of Wales through and then come, goes out at the Bristol Channel. Right. So that's why we have it. But that's why we have the floodplain mm. because it's not, you know... And there was a report when Worcester last flooded, I won't mention the national newspaper concern, that said Worcester was cut off. Mm. Worcester will never be cut off. Because of all the precautions that have now been ta- uh, taking place, yes, some roads will be closed, but people can still get get in and out of the city. The floods will never be that bad. So, if you ever read a sensationalised report that the city of Worcester has been cut off, it hasn't. Worcester is always open for business. We're alive. We're here. We're alive. <laughs> we're here. We're not um, cut off. Um, I think that is all I wanted to go through. To I did want to end, and I do want to end. Um, with Remembrance Sunday, um, this Sunday, there will be commemorations um, outside the cathedral. The service will begin at 10am at Worcester Cathedral. It's always popular, always attracts many, many people to the service. And after the service finishes, there will be the two-minute silence, the wreath-laying, the last post and revi, and dignitaries from across the city will be laying wreaths at the War Memorial I don't know what the weather forecast is for Sunday, but if I you think it's dry. I think it's due to rain on Saturday and also Monday, but at the moment it looks dry. Fantastic, because it's one of those... I'll be going along, um, not necessarily reporting, but just to attend um, the service. Uh, and then there will be the procession into the city afterwards with members of the uh, Royal Artillery, the Royal British Legion, the Sherwood Foresters, the Navy, the Army, the Air Force Cadets, West Midlands Police, St John Ambulance, the Scouts and the Guides all going through. It's going to be fantastic. It's always such a great spectacle, isn't it? You know this year everything's happening on <coughs> on the Sunday, obviously, um, but are we still going to have the 11th of the 11th 11, the yeah, moment I mean, silence on the 11th? The fact 11th? is Remembrance Sunday is, ha- is the closest to Sunday, okay. uh, the 11th this year, but Remembrance, Remembrance Sunday is the 10th, and then on Monday we will pause at 11 so we'll o'clock. we'll still do this moment silence. Um, but they're actually next to each other for the first time in a very long time. Right. Because uh, I think the other year we had Remembrance Sunday, and then it was about four days before. Oh. Uh, we, because it has to f- Remembrance Sunday has to fall before Armistice Day. I think right. I could be wrong on that, but I think Remembrance Sunday has to fall before Armistice Day. I love the fact that it is getting more and more. It's being we're being made more and more aware of it as the years go by. I think a lot of people from previous years thought it was going to not be as popular nowadays. But I love all the young people and all the schools yeah. are getting involved. And it's just um, great to see, isn't it? I think it's fantastic that we don't let it die. Absolutely. That was, those were the words I was looking for. Well um, <laughs> because I think it serves as a reminder of if we think it's bleak now and we moan about so-and-so doing this and so-and-so doing that, it was an awful lot worse. Mm. The world was in peril because of a very, very warped regime that wanted to take over the world, but the world came together. Yes, it was pitted against each other. Uh, there were people on the opposite sides, but in it, we, we came out of it better. We create, came out with the creation of the United Nations. And, Absolutely. You know, it's, it's, we haven't been to that point since, and long may that continue. Yeah. But I th- no, I think it's terrific. I, my grandfather was a Normandy veteran. He was one of the first on the beach on D-Day. Amazing. Um, further down the beach, he wasn't on Gold Beach, he was further down. Hmm. Um, and I always remember, and he only ever told my cousin the full horrors of what he saw. Hmm. He never shared it with his sons, and he never shared it with his grandson. 
Oh, wow. Um, and it, it, on a, it, it divides opinion in our family, certainly, because on the one hand, he should share it so we know what he experienced. So has your cousin never told you? She did it for a project, and oh, right. she, but it, it, we got this sense that it was only a certain amount, that the full horrors. Mm. And it, it, there's a little bit sort of... We, we'd like to know the full horror of what he saw and what he lived through. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, you know, I can totally understand that these brave men saw utterly, utterly horrendous things. And no wonder they've yeah. censored it and put it in the back of their minds. I mean, my biological grandfather on my mother's side, he was a prisoner of war. Who was he? And he was held by the Japanese. Wow. And he came home and my... My grandmother said he wasn't the same person and he died not long after. And I never knew my biological grandfather on my mother's side Mm. uh, because of it. Yeah, my granddad was in Africa um, (coughs) training the Nigerians to come and and he spent many, many years over there. Um, But his brother died on the beaches and his cousin, I think, as well, and various other people. And then my other grandfather's brother also was seriously injured and there's stories of his eye coming out and it was just these stories Mm. that come through the families you know we all hear them and we 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 just can't appreciate how terrible it was um i always remember the big opening scenes of saving private ryan i think it was have you ever seen that opening? it's so harrowing isn't it and that was the first time i kind of thought oh my goodness i had family members there doing that well i always remember band of brothers remember that was on the bbc oh that was such an incredible series you know, the end to that i was in tears yeah. because it was just so beautifully done yeah. and i haven't bought my poppy yet because i'm forever forgetting um because i always buy it till the last minute because i end up losing them <laughs> and i know they're only and before anyone says anything i know they're only plastic and i know it's only a donation it's not the money i object to i actually feel like i'm insulting people if i lose my poppy Aww. so i try and buy it at the last minute so i don't lose it mm. but i will buy it, and i've always said two minutes of your time on remembrance sunday and on armistice day itself to remember the freedoms that we enjoy because those who gave their lives it's just absolutely it, it's just it's a price that I more than happily pay every single absolutely uh, year and we're hoping to have a photographer there as well so hopefully we can have a good uh, spread of photos and we'll put that online on Monday of next week hopefully Fabulous. and there'll be a spread in the paper next week and thank you all for listening this week I do hope you've enjoyed it I do hope you get in touch with me on Facebook Instagram Twitter editor at worcesterobserver.co.uk with any feedback or anything you want to know about the podcast or where you want to see it go forward until then I'm going to debate what to do with my Liam Perrins bottle but I think we're done here thanks for listening bye bye <laughs>